Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Nightfinet, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes, and I'm Chris Jai Wardner. Hello. We're reviewing The Wedding, which is from season five of Liver and Shirley, directed by Joel Zwick and written by Paul A. Roth. And you got some facts about them, Chris, and that'll be coming up later in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Here's what the episode is about. Frank awakens Laverne in the middle of the night to ask her blessing. He wants to marry Edna Babish and do it too sweet because Frank has booked the church for the wedding already. And it's Saturday. The girls pitch in to make the wedding a reality, only to be followed by the death of Councilman O'Neill, whose funeral will commandeers the church for their allotted time. Edna panics. Each time she's gotten married, she's run into postponements. Five postponements, five broken marriages. The girls manage to come up with a solution and find a pulpit that will let them sing. But will it be for naught? So what do you think of this episode? Oh, this was great. 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 Sorry. <clears throat> yes, no, it's totally uh, sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, my, my enthusiasm when I knew this was coming was through the roof. And every... There's a few misstep points, but every beat in this episode is great. Um, I absolutely adored this episode. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, This is a really sweet episode that is 100% about community and family. And about accepting others into your community and about... You know, opening your heart in a lot of ways. The way the show handles the gang um, have, staging this wedding at a black church is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, how they're welcoming and they uh, kind of go, well, I don't want to you know, horn in on these strangers' church. But then they realize, oh, oh, they're worshiping God too. This is how they worship God. And this is how uh, they are going to allow us in to their lives and to their, and to their worship of God. And then this becomes one just like exclamation of joy. This whole episode is joyful. It really is just joyful. Uh, yeah, it, it, I, uh, I believe the, the colloquial term is fluff. And fluff, I mean yes. that in the, sweet, the, the most sincere, loving way. Because we have this tendency, to, you know, in fandom context, we refer to fluff as like just raw, yeah. shippy goodness. Yeah. That's entirely what this episode feels like. This is about celebrating these two characters, celebrating all the, these little aspects of their relationships. And even the few obstacles that are there are very minor. They're resolved even off camera. And it really what it comes down to is about just finally making taking the plunge and really having faith that you deserve and you can have happiness and have your happily ever after. Yeah. 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 In the end, that is what it's about. It is a sweet little fairy tale set within the uh, simplicity, simplicity of the Laverne Shirley world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how they come together and they just make this wedding up from the ground to the ceiling. And, they do it on no budget, the very little time, but it manages to be this extremely intimate and warm expression of love. Yep. Now, 
speaking of this, this is just kind of a concept beyond a sort of initial thoughts. Like, have, have you been to a wedding that was you, you didn't really know the people there? No, I have not. I have not actually been to a wedding where that um, has happened. I actually, the only like two or three weddings I've been to uh, were for, uh, you know, for close family members or for cousins. Mm. And uh, I, cause I, I never really, been, I, I never have, I have never had friends that live close enough to me where I get invited. No, most of them are not married at the moment because we could afford in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, indeed. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I knew all the people there generally, either they were friends of friends or I knew them because they were yeah, friends of my cousins or etc. So it's I vaguely knew of people. So, so yeah. yeah, I, I ask because, you know, I, I have done the filming weddings thing a few times and it's a, it, it by the way, if you're in any form of videographer, it is a difficult racket to get into. And oh, yeah, it's one of those, it, it pays well, but there's a lot of work you have to do and to make it affordable for yourself to make any something of a livable wage, you either have to be doing weddings at, a, at an expense level that's very high, or you have to do everything yourself. And I, I know I know a guy who did that for quite a few years, you know, uh-huh. and, you know, he realized, OK, this is getting too insane. And he went off to go work in real estate. And I think <laughs> he'll do weddings occasionally, you know, for like, a, you know, decent six or seven hundred bucks. But anyway, the point is what's really beautiful about the process of coming together for love and that sort of thing, because, you know, I've been to the I've been to the different types. I've been to the one where the two families didn't like each other. I've been to the ones where oh, both Lord. of the I've been to the ones where you can see it's very much that it's doing ceremonial. You can see that there's probably a couple of shotgun wedding situations in there, too. Oh, yeah. And I've you know I've done the Catholic one done. We've uh, my dad and I, uh, we filmed uh, uh, the gay. The gay wedding was the between the two women uh the two cis women that was beautiful it was oh. honestly one of the most romantic it was one of the most fun it was one of the most creative the the joy from the youngest kid to the oldest person there was just infectious and it was you know and so with this what this this kind of reminded me of that where you know talking about you know they're being welcomed into this church into this community basically and it's, it is interesting, the idea that we're finally getting to see a bit more of the black community in Milwaukee, yeah. the Milwaukee of Laverne and Shirley here. And it makes you kind of wish that there had been up to this point more of that because, yeah. you know, there is a particular community spirit. And yeah, you know, this is the very hunky-dory cliche. And and we'll we'll talk about uh, uh, the guy who plays the Reverend, you know, is a very talented, very known actor, if uh, you're familiar yeah. with him. And I would have loved to have seen more of the of these elements yeah. and these qualities because, you know, we've talked about how, yeah, this show is super white. It's super yeah. duper white. Super duper incredibly white, especially because this is set in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a melting pot. Mm-hmm. You have all kinds of different people, of all kinds of different folks who are of different races living in Milwaukee. And everybody in Milwaukee is white, white, white. And and on Happy Days, at least, Gary tried to make some, like, ham-fisted gestures uh, towards uh, racial equality and, and harmony, which in the, which in the 70s and then through him, it kind of came off as a little cheesy. But Laverne Shirley in particular is extra, extra, extra white. Even the, even the characters they bring in when we move to California, white, 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 white. And 
they really could have added like Hildy as a regular because she's so good. Mm-hmm. Thinking back to season one, I would have loved a background romance with uh, Hildy and Eric. Mm-hmm. Then they, you deal have to deal with that. What the heck a interracial relationship would have been like in the early sixties? Because holy crap, after uh, this, we're just barely past. I don't even know if we've even been past loving. Uh, at that uh, point. if I think barely, because loving was I want to yeah. say it was fifty eight or fifty nine, wasn't it? Or was yeah, it maybe sixty two? I gotta, I'll, you know, so? I'll. I don't can't remember. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna look it up. Future me, keep this in because that's the point. If we yes. make this time some mistakes, we have to also be honest that sometimes we have to look this up. Uh, yeah, loving versus Virginia was 1967 was when it was decided. Yikes! Oh man! Wow! Yeah, man, that would have been extra, 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 extra hard God, to deal. Those... But it still would have been interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we we would have just been after uh, the busing, this mm-hmm. is Boston and all that stuff and integration, all that so uh, in the real world. So seeing stuff like that on screen would have been in, you know, incredible, important in a way. Agreed. So, yeah, you know, it's but it's a shame we didn't go there. But, yeah, it was nice to see this positively played portrayed. Yeah, it was nice to see this positively portrayed church filled with black folks uh, who do this all the time and they're just letting these white people come in and enjoy the church and worship their God and get married. And they're, they're genuinely happy for them. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 genu- they're genuinely happy for these total strangers. Exactly. These total strangers come to find affinity with them. And that's what I was getting at about the filming the weddings is that's what you feel when you're yeah. around these people like you know th- there, there was the catholic wedding that i was at and we're talking mexican catholic wedding like oh. long ceremony my god my legs were sore and then the uh the the big after party which like you could tell the bride and groom just wanted to relax and they the party was for everybody else it wasn't for them and they were just you know really happy they were super sweet on each other they they adored each other really closely and you just when you went there it was like you just you want these people to be happy. So like when you're yeah. filming that kind of stuff, because you see all that light and joy in them, you want to do everything you can for them. And that's what I love is that sense of community of, as you're saying, it's welcoming. It's we want to see this done right. We want yeah. the spirit of love and of God to be there yeah. with you. That's how then that is the best, uh, best part of a good and positive experience with religion. Like the best kind of of any kind of religious organization says welcome come closer to my fire not you know restrictive thing bx because my interpretation of this book says so and right. uh, you're not welcome and your friends aren't welcome and you're going to burn in hell right any uh, any any version of god that opposes this um this that version of god of that interpretation of the word of God is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But anyway, so. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. So, this, it's, a, it's a strong. But back on track. Yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. this is a delightful episode. We have got wonderful work from Phil and Betty. You've got yeah. the, you know, the one, the bachelor party scene, which is, you know, has layers of jokes and how it builds up and builds up and builds yes. like 
the the rhythm of that like it builds up and then it comes down a little bit and then it builds up and then it comes down again and then builds up you know there it's a wonderful and it's it captures the loopiness of intoxication really well too and it's yeah. Yeah, god yeah. it is god. okay i wanted to specifically bring this up since we're talking about the bachelor party what is the let's look at the difference between how the boys were drunk in the bachelor party in season one and how they're drunk here Oh, yeah. Because that's a huge difference. Even though um, Lenny does get a little bit rowdy going, we want the big show. We want the big show when uh, Squiggy has promised him a naked lady and cannot deliver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Squiggy just digs his hand in the cake and just throws it at him. And he just gets up and he gets all mad. But it's, it doesn't go to the point where, let's take the pizza oven and throw it out in the street because I didn't see boobs. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a difference, and um, yeah. I even love the way that Lenny and Carmine have that interaction. I keep talking about how, like, yeah. you know, a little bit of bro moment where yeah. they're they're totally imagining that there's a hole in the yes. wall and that's where the girl got away. It's like, yes. no, Squiggy was yes. enough of a jackass that he bought a yep. real cake that yep. probably cost yep. as much as the fake cake with the girl in it yep. because it's yep. really good, big, and really well made, and yep. he ruins the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he thinks because he's drunk enough to have forgotten in that, and actually thinks the lady is in the cake. Right, and so uh, yeah, this is not Mr. Science Theater. This is not Cake and Shake. They did not bake the person in it at an hour at three fifty. Um, Get the but, jaws of life, man! The jaws of life. Oh, <laughs> so the hand pops out. Um, <laughs> but I love Carmine and Lenny. How in the moment of like they're building the story together, and then they go running yes. to the bowling alley to <laughs> chase after the the, yeah. the, the, the the naked girl, quote unquote. Yeah. 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 And then Eddie almost breaks his neck scrambling after it on the scene. God, <laughs> that is glorious. That is a great little scene. Uh, I love that even Frank, you know, knows that the girl isn't there and he goes, eh, I'll go peek. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and all he's going to see is Carmine and Lenny running around the alleys, probably staring at the ball return, looking for a girl that doesn't exist. It's, yeah. Uh it's it's hilarious. I love these yep. characters. That's yep. so them. Yep, 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 yep. Same, 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 same as you all know. I, I love it when he looks at the boys and he says he wishes he had his son just like trails off. Looks at Karma of the shirt halfway unbuttoned to his navel. <laughs> looks at Lenny and Squiggy. And then it says Mickey Mantle. And Lenny goes, Yeah, true. Yeah, I want to sell a gift too. Oh, I love that too. Yeah, that's that's so good because it's it's you know, and they're drunk enough that they're not going to take offense, you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah taking offense no. when intoxicated is the weirdest thing. Oh yeah. It's so well, arbitrary. Like I said, the season that's season one boys versus um now now season five. Yep. Uh, I was gonna say I hope that isn't the cake that Laverne was baking for them. Uh, she made something way too small for that. That it, if yeah. anything, it, if that was, which I doubt, it would have been the very top. And also, you you saw the holes in the side of the cake that she yeah. had she had made. So I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so because uh, I was like, oh god, I wonder if that's it. I wonder if he's just sticking his hands and thinking it's something else. Because the the fact that he actually bought a cake and instead of a stripper cake is just amazing. That's, the that's best. so good. It, God, if Lenny ever got married, he would try to take him on some kind of unbridled journey and end up like taking him to Disneyland instead. Somehow. Yeah. Or you know what? Kind of 
Well, drunk. if 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 Lenny got really drunk when he uh okay, so theory. Lenny gets yes. really drunk for his bachelor party and just wanders off and like wants to go like play with the ducks or something. Yeah. Um at the duck pond and yeah. Squiggy wants to like go to the toy store or something like yeah. that. Something silly and childish and it's cute yeah. but it's also like it's also yes. kind of pathetic. Yeah. Um yeah. I was gonna say they go they go to Disney they go to a Disney park, and Squiggy's like, "I heard if you tip Snow White, she takes her top off." <laughs> He's like, "That's what we're trying to shove money at Disney princesses, begging them to get undressed and them kicking their asses." <laughs> they get banned. Oh, from that'll get you banned faster than yeah. drinking all the water out of every fountain. Oh yeah. Oh god, do you do that? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> just picturing that. Oh Lord! Wait, did you did you not see the guy who got the perma band from Disneyland for doing that? No. Yeah, no. there was some dude, this TikToker, this viral TikToker that did a ranking of all the water. He, you see him pour his uh, thermos into every fountain or water supply. He drinks from every water fa- drinking fountain. He drinks from every water dispensing machine, and he ranks all the water. But even the unhealthy fountain water, you are not supposed to drink. <laughs> Interesting. And yes, Interesting. he got he, he got perma banned when he when those videos went up. Oops. Well, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, jeez. Now that's something the boys would do. Remember we kid, talked. To, yeah, well, I was gonna say we were talking about social media platforms. Yeah. With these. Guys. Yeah, I was gonna oh. mention that's the kind of stunt that a squiggy would pull if he had a TikTok. Yep. <laughs> That is true. Uh, anyway, um, can we? I, I feel like we've gotten really far ahead of ourselves. Do, do we yes. want to back up just a little yes, bit to do. the the perfect opening yeah. to this episode? Yeah. <laughs> Laverne having that dream, and then Shirley just tries to pretend she's Louie and get her to confess mm-hmm. to what the hell the heck she's been doing with the guy, right? And Louis, my my mom actually genuinely laughed out loud at the Louis voice bit. Oh my goodness, that was mom, wonderful. Laverne, let's have fun. I can't, Louis. I can't. I'm not that kind of girl. And smack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness! And then suddenly Frank. And I just I love that there is like almost zero preamble to get the story started. We set up a little bit of just like getting eased into the characters a little bit. And then kaboom, the bomb goes off and the entire rest of the fireworks go off. I should say in the entire rest of the episode is the wonderful display of color before, you know, of co- co- character color that on afterwards. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, it's wonderful. And uh, it echoes back to, uh, Moose Crenshaw and, uh, Laverne's rather active and wild imagination. <laughs> she, she, man, she, whatever she was doing with old Louis, we never hear from about him again, but uh, it was something. <laughs> I love, I love gossipy Shirley who uh, pretends she doesn't want to know the dirty details, but totally knows, wants to know the dirty details. She wants to know everything. I love how into the into it the audience is, and then Shirley being so into it, and then uh, she yeets herself back into bed. You know, she just launches herself back in after you know, and it's just and oh god, I 
I love the relationship that is able to blossom of sisterhood between the girls that is then confirmed or affirmed through Pop looking at them at them both like his kids, you know. Yeah. Even you know, Shirley is the honorary adopted in a sense, you know, spiritually adopted daughter, and yeah. you know, th- you really see that dynamic in the scene, the way this is done. Yeah, it's so yeah, precious. No. Uh, I love that he kind of wants Shirley's permission. He does say he wants Shirley's permission too. Uh, at this point, uh, you, know, you can call me Pop. Is what has already been said early in the season. So. The last season, last season, last season, last season. Uh, two seasons two, ago. Seven that seasons, was a... so two seasons, yeah, yeah, two seasons. I remember season three. I just remember it was season three now. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, for, for for folks, what in our defense, we literally just put up the Shirley's epi- uh, Operation episode like two weeks yeah. before recording this one, so. Yes, 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 yes. And it's late at night, so. Ultimately, she is, the, is part of the family now. She is like the sister Laverne never had. Exactly. And, you know, and in, in a lot of ways, she's the daughter, do- she's the extra daughter that Frank had, never had. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, she gets included in the decision. I love that as old fashioned as Frank is, he goes to his daughter for permission to make this big change. Mm-hmm. I think I that's that interesting too. in of itself because uh, he constantly dreams about her entering this traditional marriage with some Italian dude and popping out grandkids for him. And yet he is modern enough to say, Hey, I got to ask my daughter's permission to do this. But she says, no, I will not marry this woman. It's yeah. really interesting. It's an interesting change. I wonder how much of it also is Fabrizio wanting to He's not just asking for the blessing. It's like there's a certain lack of confidence because, you know, he's he's not good with the words. You know, he 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 claims he ain't romantic, but he is. The whole thing is is about how he's held a lot of it back. And I wonder if in some respects it's like he needs that confidence boost. He needs to sort of he needs the confirmation that this is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He uh, needs to he needs to uh, figure out if this woman is going to be the woman, if she is going to both last and always be there for him after, you know, he give, gave his whole heart to uh, Josephine and then she died. And so that's a hard thing to cope with and a hard thing to do. And as tough and big and macho as he is, when it comes to Edna, he, you know, does have those moments of, of lack of confidence and, and lack of assurance, as you just said. So, Yeah. The way it's a combination of both. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I love the fact that he, you know, jumps on this impulse idea. He books a church. He does not tell Edna about it. And does not bother. bother. He does not have the courage to propose to her until they're like, what, about a day? Mm -hmm. About two days out from the wedding. Practically. Yeah. Yeah. And. That is interesting in of itself because I don't know. Does he? Does he come? Off, he doesn't come off as that kind of impulsive, does he? He doesn't. Um, but yeah. what it says to me is that he has learned to be very cautious and also a bit um, cautious. Yeah. Actually, is the wrong word when I think about when I think Careful. twice on that. He is someone who 
there's always something a little secret in his actions because I think he had this sense of what you're supposed to present versus who you are. Because think about the the crews, and yeah. he has to keep up appearances. He's not gonna. He's he is absolutely giving his daughter the money, but he has to do it in a way that isn't gonna be. It even isn't for himself going to be. I gave her the money like I just handed it to her. She still had to find it. She still had to discover it. But it's something kind of. I don't know. It's it's espionage, you know. It's it's yeah. secretive. It's uh, and and it because like even the fact that like, you know, the idea of like where is it gonna where is it gonna actually propose? You know, I mean, it's like because yeah. you know you can't hold a surprise wedding. I mean, you can. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. And, yeah. and his first his first thought is at the cockfights. <laughs> so that is a squiggy level idea of a place where you should we should propose. Which definitely explains why he allowed Squeaky to his bachelor party. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. And basically, let it, I, from what I can tell, it kind of feels like Squiggy planted, even though Carmine's the best man. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He's the one who arranged for the nudie cake and failed. Um, the very minimal decorations kind of feel like Squiggy did them, just slapped up some raffita here and some taffeta there and let's have pizza and beer. It, there's no like intense planning. If Carmine had planned this bachelor party, the nudie girl would probably have been there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but she probably would that, have been a 39 year old, you know, divorcee or like a 55 year old, you know, prostitute from, you know, from uh, Braddock's, <laughs> but you know, a hey, sunny, look at these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of the, uh, I'm thinking, oh. thinking of the, the the blonde cigarette smoking woman from uh, Chainsmoker from uh, Futurama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, no, I can't picture her. Oh my god, yeah. I was actually thinking of her in a combination, a combination of her and the Diamond Dance lady from. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, from call, yeah. call me a ta- call me a call taxi. Me taxi. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, god, bringing her back would have been awesome. Yes, yeah. God. You want to see the fun bags? You got to give me 40 bucks. <laughs> oh, man. 60 bucks for the fun bags. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, the um, I also love we have yet another uh, uh, Fister name ref- name drop here. You got to take us someplace romantic like the Cafe La Fista. And the, the story of how Laverne knows what the food tastes like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that she just ate someone's left behind doggy bag because, of course, she did. On on a bus, no less. Like, on who knows how long it's been on the route. Yeah, 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 yeah. She has a cast iron stomach, that girl. I used to as well, so I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I didn't yeah. eat. Okay, clarifying. I didn't eat anything like that. I didn't eat anything that stupid. It's just yeah. that whenever I got sick, my stomach never did anything weird, so I could have like spicy food to drain my nose. That's all it was. Ah. Clarifying. Anyway, <sighs> sorry. Back That's on track. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, did you feel? Because I certainly did. That even though there's some wonderful changes and remixes in the ideas of the scene where they go to the cafe, they come back, and they're super excited because they think he's asked the question, and he clearly has it. He's like, uh. uh. <laughs> um, and my, my mom at that point was like, Jess, like, no, no, Ixnay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that is such a great um, moment because the girls are so excited. They've spent all day looking invitations. 
sealing envelopes, and uh, for all for it to come to naught, basically. And right. to find out that Frank has not even bothered to pop the question. So they spent all day preparing these invitations for a wedding that might not occur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oops. No wonder I can I completely understand uh, Laverne's horror at Frank not doing that. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, and, and I, I feel kind of bummed. We, you know, all, with all those invitations, we only saw like seven people behind yeah. them, two yeah. of which were probably yeah. Pizza Bowl regulars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like nobody had time to get there. So they kind yeah. of did the um, invitations as a gesture towards um, tradition. You could, right. you, uh, We wish you could be at our wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry you can't be at our wedding because we did it all in one weekend. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, again, this is what happens with surprise weddings. I mean, you can do it, but it's a bad, it's kind of a bad idea. Anyway, the thing I wanted to mention about the proposal scene I noticed, I'm probably reading too much into this, but I noticed some interesting echoes to another proposal scene. He takes her by the hand, the way, like a little kid, playing with yeah. the, the, the telephone cans, yeah. and has her sit in about the same position on the couch and get on his knee. And uh, yeah. Yeah. That, I don't, yeah. It, it, see, it reminded me of a certain yeah. other character in the show's yeah. cast. That's all. You're thinking about looking for your leaf, aren't you? <laughs> Um, I love the uh, tin can thing. It's so cute. I love Edna's reaction to everything. She just wants him to cut to the chase. Mm -hmm. She really just wants him to just cut to the chase, and he is failing at cutting to the chase. And yeah, and then he does, and then she's all emotional, and we're all emotional, and we all have feelings. Yeah. Oh, oh, my mom, my mom got teary eyed. She's, she's, she's laughing. She's simultaneously laughing and clutching her chest going, oh, my heart at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. She absolutely adored this episode front to back, but those highlights, especially. And I, and I love Edna's enthusiastic response. I'll marry you tonight. Just like he didn't even need to book the church in advance. She was, she was solely like, let's just go do it now. You know? Yeah. Oh, I was nice. that was great. Oh, that I loved how they handled it—the right combination of humor and sentiment—and we'll pretend we're married tonight. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah my mother had again. My mother had a similar reaction to the honest, like whoa. Yeah. Hey, hey, Frank's hey-o. getting some. Everybody, Frank's getting some. Yeah, I I did say about a season or two. Yeah, about two seasons ago that Frank. F-s. Yeah. Future Me's going to bleep that. Future Me's going to bleep that. (laughs) This episode's too wholesome. We're going to bleep those things. Frank, Frank, (laughs) Frank. Great, I'll bleep all that too. Ten minutes. (laughs) I was going to say, say, uh, there's a great line coming up towards the end of the season where Laverne is uh, off in uh at a restaurant and she calls uh frank for an emergency and he and edna show up in their night clothes and she looks at them and goes pop were you fooling around he goes no i meant it (laughs) (laughs) oh boy that's oh that's 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 the last episode of the season yeah oh that's great uh but the um We've talked so much about how, like, you know, Phil Foster and Betty Garrett are amazing as these characters. And I 
what's kind of sad is in some respects this feels like we're getting ready for really good end game for this series because this is a yeah. hell of a great cap to these characters we're giving them yeah. the good old-fashioned gary marshall happily ever after everything's okay and that knowing there's like four more seasons after this makes me go um oh boy mm-hmm. uh that's gonna be that's gonna be the argument episode down the line isn't there oh that's gonna hurt um but it's the, but together their chemistry their timing i just even when the, he she she crashes in on the bachelor party about like you know that when the girls have found a replacement location the way they cuddle up in the chairs together is the most precious thing it's yeah. just it's so intimate and real and it reminds you that you yeah. know it's god it's so stupid how these censorship elements uh, throughout television and movie history have pulled uh, not allowed us to have those expressions i mean like yeah, you know, I know. Remember, like the whole thing in you know the famous story about Notorious, how they had to sneak the kisses in and time them. Yeah, in yeah, that dialogue yeah, yeah. scene. Yeah, that was Hayes Code. Hayes Code. Hayes Code. Never time. Ever if ever I do a uh, film noir, I need to name a character Hayes, who's a fuddy duddy who gets his head blown off. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, even better. Even better, he is one of those uh, politicians, those extremely conservative politicians, uh, who secretly has like uh, money in the like a porn studio or something. He's one of those two-faced mother. Anyway, nice. Okay. Anyway. God, I love you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the I Me I just too, anyway the <laughs> yes. um. But this is, you know, and this is the thing, that's a, that's a payoff thing. And that's exactly what this episode is. This, I adore how this yes. whole episode is payoff. This is about paying off this, these aspects of these characters. I mean, the, the I'm, I'm curious, especially like for you, like as a, you know, um, as a daughter, how was it with the scene with Laverne's speech to Edna? She's saying like, you know, when she calls her honey and sits down and sort of like, are you okay with it? How did you, how did you feel about that one? I love that scene. It's very sweet. It's very beautifully handled. Uh, the way they managed to uh, finally take Laverne's uh, mother daughter relationship with Edna, which has been slowly building in this direction for a long time, and just bring it up to fruition is lovely. Uh, I love how they act. She calls me honey. Mm-hmm. She called me honey. I guess I think that's so sweet. Laverne, and it, it, yeah. I, I did want to point out it mirrors. Uh, he called me muffin. Yeah, yeah, it does. Laverne, her whole life has been looking for someone who will be her mom figure. Uh, in some ways, Shirley is her mom figure. Like especially when she's sick, Shirley becomes mom. Uh so when Edna calls her honey and she welcomes Edna into the family, that's very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It packs a punch if she finally gets to say that. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm drifting off. I'm getting lost in emotions here. It's I, I love this episode. Lost this is adorable. <laughs> it's, it's just the, I think sometimes, you know, we, we can get overly critical when we review media and, say how you know things require conflict i like that the obstacle that's even put up about the the bad omen you know the anxieties 
they're there to remind us that, you know, th- these are natural. These are things that are going to happen and how, you know, and is really nervous. She wants this to work. She has seen so much of her life be, you know, a difficult challenge with her yeah. kids and with her husbands. And she's been able to become this independent person for a long time. And now she's getting ready to share her life again with somebody who is also his own, very much his own independent person. They would be supporting each other with their businesses. And the the fact that it decides to make the obstacles so minor, I think makes this an amazing comfort episode. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, This is basically 100% pure, sweet fluff. Uh, The way the plot flows, there could have been like a little bit more meat added. Like we could have had a wedding shower for Edna or Mm. something. Or we could have seen the reception or something. But the way it works almost feels like a warm, fluffy hug. Mm -hmm. This is a warm, fluffy hug of acceptance of people, you know, liking and loving each other. You got to admit, uh, the way they, Edna and uh, Frank finally overcome their nerves is lovely. And they, they overcome with great confidence. And that's really nice. That's, that's was a useful episode for lots of people. Indeed. I was going to mention the boys' fashion at the wedding. Everybody looks great at the wedding. Mm-hmm. The boys upstage the bride. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Oh, uh, and isn't it the line that Squeaky was afraid everybody was going to be wearing the same jacket as him? Yep, yeah, everyone's going to wear the same suit as him. Do <laughs> <It's even> better. <laughs> oh man, and that gets us into yeah the big the big ceremonial scene in the in the church the part of the the Reverend Larry pa- wedding package. Um, yeah. So I love. I was going to say, I love Reverend Larry. I love his parishioners. I love his choir Absolutely. members. Yes. yes. Yeah, we don't have any cast notes for oh. those members because we don't, they, they're not credited. Uh, Reverend, the Reverend Larry is uh, credited, though. We should probably go yeah. ahead and mention and bring him up because this is a good time to mention yes. it. Because what's great, you know, because it's good to have this preamble to get into part of how he brings this to the episode. Yep. So. Folks who've seen the episode, folks who are familiar with this actor, is uh, Reverend Larry is played by Don Bexley. Now, huh. this dude had a career. You know, he was obviously uh, Bubba Bexley on Sanford and Son. That was kind of his big thing. Now, over the years, according to IMDb, he has been an orchestra director, a singer, a dancer, a stand-up comedian, and an actor. He was active wow. as far back as the late 1930s. In the early 40s, he was doing comedy in New York sometimes with Milton Berle, Danny Kaye, Henny Youngman, and even danced once with Sammy Davis Jr. Wow. Now, during his touring in the, it looks like sometime in the 40s or 50s, he met Red Fox, uh, the you know the lead of Sanford and Son, and struck up a friendship with them that lasted nearly five decades until Fox's passing in 1991. And he was not only there at the funeral, it's, I, I thought I read that he said, it said that he was one of the pallbearers, but I'm not sure, but good Lord, that man must have been strong at his age at that point. Um, but, uh, you know, as a, as an actor, you know, Bexley got small roles and stuff like, you know, Con Comes to Harlem, What's Up Doc, Sparkle, etc. And then after yeah. Sanford and Son, he would do mostly other TV appearances like, you know, this guest spot and also was on, um, he even had a, uh, he was on an episode of the Royal Family, Red Fox's show. I think he was trying to get him back onto it. 
But this was a guy who was constantly creating through his career and through his life. And they said, even though he died in 1997 at the age of 87 years old, this guy was born in 1910. Mm-hmm. He never stopped creating and was still up to that point working on new ideas for shows and live performances. Wow. I bring a lot of this up because again, this is a case of a, it's really cool. This is a fantastic you know, yes. piece of, you know, entertainment history to have in the show for a relatively minor character. In some respects, you could have had many other actors have play this part, but there is a weight to the way he delivers the lines. There is an energy there. There's a presence there that really elevates it. And so you pointing out Reverend Larry was very good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and the choir members and it's it's good. Anyway, that's my little rant for that. Um yeah. please, please go on. I want to hear I want to hear more of what there you think. There is such a lovely line uh spoken by the head uh the head choir master. That's really really good. Honey relax, join in when you get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. That is such a good line. It is beautiful. And that really sums up the spirit of the episode. And I love how the girls go from go from uh, thinking, oh, we're at a place we don't belong here to uh, just wailing along with the choir and getting really into it. Getting really, really joyous and enjoying every last bit of it. I love how, by the way, Betty looks amazing in that outfit. Absolutely. She, Absolutely. She looks like a knockout in the outfit. And uh, I think the way that they both managed to sell the sentiments here without going too far over the top is great. It's just good stuff. Good stuff all around. And it's still it's still got this little jokes, the way the Black Choir sings in, you know, the uh the love, honor, and cherish, you know. It's yeah. it's oh, adorable. Oh, you know, cherish. those little intros. But what's I and what I adore about it is is they're it's it's something that it's like, no, we're bringing you into this fold. You are experiencing this emotional event. We are encouraging you to let it out, to feel yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but you know, it's, yeah. it's also still hilarious and fun, but yeah, my, yeah, my mom yeah, clapped every, my, my mom was applauding every time that they did something. She absolutely went bonkers for it. I That's did too. I, I, you know, I think you, I may have mentioned to you, probably while we were watching this that's like yeah i was waiting for this to go full blues brothers and uh it does not disappoint they just really uh reel off and go for it everybody just goes for it and it's just a total celebration of uh happiness and togetherness by the end Mm -hmm. and that that is one of the millions of reasons why it is such a good episode. It's a really lovely episode. Really, really wonderful. Yeah. It's good stuff. And um, yeah, we've kind of covered that, you know, we kind of did this more in our old school format, you know, just, I think it just kind of yeah. came out of us here, which yeah. is, which is good. Um, yeah. I did want well, to point out, go, go ahead. It helps that there isn't a, a hello gag in this episode, as far as I can remember. Oh, yeah. yeah That's right. Yeah. So either it could have been that it was cut, but to be honest, it it I don't miss it yeah. this time around. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of uh, too sentimental. I mean, uh, you you notice that Lenny is the kind of guy who cries at weddings. He's sobbing the whole time until until Carmine kind of craps the bed and uh, fails to get the <laughs> ring off of his hand. Oh, God, I'm surprised you didn't are... mention that. <laughs> yeah, um. 
I was upset that Carmine was trying to clearly was trying to pick up one of the gals in the uh, in the pews on that side. Oh, Carmine needs to be quiet. <laughs> the ultimate lesson is Carmine needs to be quiet. This is a good episode. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I had I had no complaints because he barely said anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm growing to like him. I'm growing to the point of yeah, where the writers we failed like him. him. We like him in the end. Yeah. yeah. We like him in the end. All right. Uh, I want to know how Frank asked Carmine to be his best man. That's what I want to know. And why he picked him over the boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's, you know what? I have a feeling it has to do with that ledger he brings up at the pizza bowl. Yeah, possibly. You got the smallest one. You get to have the ring. <laughs> Maybe he's afraid the boys would pull on it. Yeah. I could see Squiggy doing that. Yeah. 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 I didn't pawn nothing. Oh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, this is really sweet. I love the line, I'd marry you in a Dairy Queen. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. All of it's really lovely. It's just the nicest expression of uh, togetherness. It really is. Oh, I wanted to include this little um, exchange. Carmine says, I love my wallet in my other pants. Lenny says, I love my wallet in his pants, too. Mm -hmm. And then Squiggy goes, I love my pants at home. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about the Squiggy part of that exchange. That is great. Yeah, it's a, oh, great man. Cha- it's a great chain reaction. Reaction. I love it. It's really good. Yeah, it's... Yeah, the the elements of the way this builds up, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, this is a Paula A. Roth episode. She's yeah. the one credited as a writer because, you know, she was responsible for, I mean, the bridal shower, which has got, you know, wonderful, good balance of comedy and sentiment. She yeah. was a co-writer. Uh, she was, sorry, I should say she co-wrote Bridal Shower and co-wrote um, Debutante Ball. And uh, which, you know, coming back to the whole like it's a bit fairy tale and it's very, um, you know, comfy blanket. That's very much how I feel about Debutante as well. And she also worked on the festival with um, uh, Mark Sotkin on uh, as well. Uh, yeah, that's right. She co-wrote her, yeah. her and Mark co-wrote. Yeah, we're very tired. Uh, co-wrote oh. the festival parts one and two. And yeah, so there's this element of sentiment, the elements of families, elements of connection. And yet there's still these great little warm-hearted zingers you know yeah. we were talking i think a little while back about how like some of the comedy in the show can get a little mean that it, you know the jokes are very much the character's expense or because they're stupid or we're meant to laugh at them here it feels like it's the funny things real people do it's the funny stuff yeah. our family does our friends do and there's there is that sense as as we were saying this invitation that we are going to give you a good time at the show we want you to be kind of become part of the family and yeah. What better way to do that with a, than with a wedding episode? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, and ultimately, in the end, that is the absolute best part of it. It's good. The end. In the end, is family. In the end, is family. And that's what it's about. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I can't. I. I don't know if I can think of anything to say. Other. I mean, I can just point out the other little stuff I liked, but. Believe me, I will be making animated gifts and putting the, the clips. This is absolutely going in the top five favorites for this season. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is probably uh, a um, this is probably at least at the bottom of my top five. I'm gonna have to think upon it some more. We're gonna get deeper in the season. This is a, a jam packed season. 
There's so much good stuff in it. Interesting. Okay, wow. so I'm now very curious, like what other ones that go above it then? Because th- oh, this we'll this see. one's gonna be hard. We'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it was delight and i i don't know anything else i mean I'm, I'm ready to rank it because you know part of us i'm tired but secondly is that yeah it's i think it's also one to just be experienced if you have i mean i'm hoping everyone who's listening has seen the episode already because it's absolutely a delight to watch on your own and we can talk up a storm but this is yeah it's all good yeah yeah it's kind of perfect it's kind of perfect and it does not need anything extra mm-hmm yeah um, I did have a, one little piece of trivia to add about Paula Roth that I oh. forgot to mention earlier. This was sadly the only episode. This was the episode that ended her tenure in the writer's room as a script consultant. The, oh. however, good news of this is it was due to her moving on to be a producer for Good Time Girls, oh. which, uh, of course, featured episodes directed by Joel Zwick and one uh, reportedly by Howard Storm as well. Yep. Uh, we'll come back to her as she nears her end of the run of the series because Good Time yeah. Girls is we all know, or those of us who've yeah. looked into this know, uh, it lasted only like a season ish and didn't yeah. quite pan yeah. out. But, uh, yeah. but, uh, but it's interesting sort of if this was, even though she has three more episodes that she is credited as writer for this being kind of her last, like major, you know, part of being in the writer's room and being involved really closely. It's good. It's a good note to go out on. And so that's really, uh, it's a good high mark. Anywho. Yeah. 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 Um, I was gonna say uh, Michael appears in that show, in Good Time Girls. Uh, we never, I never, never seen the episode. I want to see that episode. I was trying to see. I was trying to figure out if that episode was directed by Joel Zwick and make that the trivia for this episode. And as far as I know, that episode does not have writer or director credits on IMDb. Yeah. So somebody it's dropped the ball me. on there. Yeah. 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 It's pretty much lost media, from what I understand. Ugh. Bummer. Too bad. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, mean, I actually closed my eyes for a second there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we better get moving. Um, future Chris. <laughs> future Chris, wake me up. Future Chris, put, put in caffeine. Uh, uh, that would be the terrible time for my door to open and for time traveling future Chris to do that, especially if he's got gray hair and. <laughs> A wedding band on his hand and, you know, scar on his face. Anyway. Um, Tell you, you shouldn't marry the girl. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what uh, what, you, what are you ranking this one? I'm really curious. Yeah, this is about a nine. It's a solid nine. That's damn good. This is a damn good episode. Yeah. Got nothing else to say about it other than it is sentimental and sweet. And it is one of those rare instances where... Uh, a couple on the show gets to be happy and stay happy, at least for a while. Uh, I won't tell you what happens eventually. I'll let you yeah, discover what happens eventually. All I know is Betty's not in season eight, and that makes me very upset. And She's not in I, season seven either. Oh no! Okay, yeah, never mind. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I'll wait. I'll wait to. I'll find. I'll probably get it spoiled, but at some point. But let's not do that now. Anyway. Yeah. Let's, let's focus good on the one. good feel. We'll put focus on the good feelies and the fact that I'm actually ranking this higher. I'm giving this a nine point five for wow. me. Wow, that's high compliments. Yeah, uh, only major issues for me was, um, as you said, it could have used a little more in places, a little more meat, and I did feel that the wedding ceremony itself kind of lacked some coverage. And I think that was just because of the fact that they were 
probably pressed for time to wrap up everything and they may have only had two cameras working at the point at that point or their camera their c camera was having to get some of the close-ups of them so i guess what i mean is there's like two wides basically there's a wide on the bride and groom and there's a wide on the girls and then they have another camera on reverend larry and so it's like it's kind of it's a little awkwardly staged in uh, in the camera work. The block, the camera blocking is a little awkward. So I would have liked a little more care. But that being said, uh, this is kind of the type of scene that's sometimes referred to as a dinner table scene. Actually, it's it's not even quite as complicated as a dinner table scene. Dinner table scenes are where eye lines are a pain in the ass. Um, this weddings and funerals as well. I've because I've actually I've shot funeral or memorial scenes, and it's the same problem. You have way too many characters facing way too many different directions, and you have to figure out yeah. how to get a mixture of eye lines and anyway, this is nerd nerdy movie stuff, but it's difficult, but I think this crew was talented enough. They could have done it. And I wish they had put that little extra work. I was actually thinking about what the heck are the eye lines like in that? Jeesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a little in my thought. Yeah. Uh, that's what it is. It is what it is. All right. So I guess we're, we're good for this week. Can I, can I go to bed now? Yes, honey, you can go to bed now. <laughs> okay, thanks, thanks, babe. Uh, all right. Well, thank you everyone so much for joining us for uh, Night After Night. And if you would like to know more, you can find us at Night After Night Pod on Tumblr, Facebook, Patreon, WordPress, and YouTube, or Night After Night PC on Twitter, where we do regular watch-alongs about once a month or so. We'll be seeing if that's more regular by the time this goes up, and I'll have to make an edit to this episode as well. Oh my god. Uh, or yeah, all that sort of stuff, and. Yeah, I think that kind of covers the main social media spaces. We hope that you uh, leave us comments, and if you would like to support us, you can please do drop us uh, drop us some coinage on uh, Patreon. Throw throw a throw a coin to your podcaster, or uh, because you also can get twenty uh, four hour early access or one week early access. Those are our two main tiers, and we hope that you are out there having a wonderful day and. Um, you know, I actually don't know what's coming up next because this was the end of the batch of episodes we watched. Uh, yeah, Lisa, what, what do we have? What do we got next? What am I going to wake up to? It turns out the Angora devs have become a girls' gang. Laverne surely tried to make the bad girls go good in bad girls. Whoa! So, on a scale of happy days to Switchblade Sisters, how badass <laughs> is this episode going to be? I was just going to make a Dagger Debs joke. Hell yes. <laughs> got there before me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, this is probably Happy Days episode with Lola Tuscadero in it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it'll, it'll, it'll have something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we'll see. Uh, Penny's daughter Tracy is in this one. So oh cool. yay! That makes me so happy. I I I miss her shoving. Yes, she has to play a whole different character and gets to shove different people. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> always always good. Love love that first sitcom. All right. Well, oh, hope everyone God. joined us for that. I will be more conscious next week, and uh, and yeah. And I guess my last note is: Hey, you know, mo- movie loving softy nerds like me. Go get get make sure you get yourself a partner that loves cute fluffy things like bunnies and Jack Hill grindhouse pictures because trust yeah. me, you'll be very very lucky. <laughs> yeah, it's a combination of stuff. It's a combination of stuff in my head. You do that. 
My only advice is if you're going to invite Lenny and Squiggy to a wedding, make sure they don't upstage you. <laughs> Who's out wise? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, Matt, y'all. <laughs>